Welcome to Distinct Poplar, a twice-monthly audio fiction series written and narrated by Matt Herzberg from www.distinctpoplar.com. This is episode 15 of series 1, Pool. Swallowing her anxiety, Chellen lowered herself to the metal chain ladder and dangled with her feet firmly pressed into the rungs for support. When she was ready, she quickly descended unwilling to give her stomach enough time to find its way into her throat. And before she knew it, Chellen had climbed down to the end and was jumping the last stretch into the bottom of the pool. When she landed, her thick black combat boots echoed all around her as they tapped the grout floor as if the sound had nowhere else to escape. Bree was waiting for her on the large blanket, which she now realized was actually an old-school canvas banner that had most likely been hung from the thick metal rungs in the ceiling of this very room. The fabric was dull and faded, as the rest of their surroundings, but Chellen could still make out the school colors of Kagger High, blue with a jagged thunderbolt pattern of white that split it down the middle. Did you bring a lunch? It doesn't appear as if you brought a lunch, mentioned Bree with disappointment. I knew I should have brought you a lunch. The younger girl furrowed her brow in defeat as she mismanaged two halves of a pickle and cream cheese sandwich on rye bread and wrapped in wax paper with tiny fidgeting hands. Don't worry about it. Chellen said reassuringly as she held out her hand palm side out. The fact of the matter was that Chellen wasn't able to eat anything that Bree could offer because she couldn't verify where it had come from and what exactly was in it. That was the way of her people. They only ate food that had no animal products or byproducts in it. And because Bree's sandwich most likely had milk in the cream cheese, she was forced to reluctantly pass on the offer, even though her stomach grumbled and gurgled in protest. Bree nodded and absently put the sandwich away in her long-eared backpack. Chellen supposed that meant that if Chellen wouldn't eat, then Bree would not be rude and eat either. But what was this exactly? Some sort of lunch date? Chellen wondered. She looked around for clues, but only found that the faded school banner in the otherwise empty pool. Upon closer examination, however, she found several small objects carefully cleaned and organized upon the faded blue backdrop of the canvas. A locket, a pocket knife, and a skeleton key. Each item had been set upon the canvas as if Bree was a junk seller from Red Leaf Run. In that distinct poplar neighborhood, there were these very old women that lined the side streets, carrying impossibly large sacks on their hunched backs. 
When it became noon, the women stopped whatever it was they were doing, unwrapped the sacks, and laid out their treasures for idle passerbys to notice and to purchase. Though Chellen was forbidden from interacting with them, that didn't stop her from observing the women as they spoke at great lengths about the supernatural qualities of their treasures and the wonderful things that would happen to the lucky buyer who fancied them. What are these? she asked, with an almost childlike fascination. She put her fists on her hips and bent down to examine the objects without touching or disturbing Bree's treasures. Just some stuff I found, answered Bree matter-of-fact, crossing her arms, pushing her glasses back into place awkwardly, and making an oversatisfied smirk. I've been digging around here, and I keep what I find. She then paused and pushed her glasses back into place and said, I take most of it home, actually, but these are pretty special because I like them the most. You dig this stuff up? Chellen qualified. Why? Well, mostly I just find it while exploring. I don't have many friends, so I keep myself occupied sometimes by looking for stuff like this. She paused and then looked down at her hands in shame. Actually, I lied. I, I don't have any friends. Didn't have any friends until I met you, Jelen. There was an awkward silence between them just then, as Chellen's words failed her, and Bree suffered in her shame and embarrassment. But what was Chellen supposed to say? That she came here to end their friendship before it started? She couldn't do that now, not after the younger girl just said what she had just said. Then Bree finished. I come down here because nobody can pick on you if they don't know where to look. Then she looked at Chellen for approval, desperate to move things from further awkward silences. So what do you think? I like them, was all that Chellen could muster, as she absently picked up the locket from its place on the canvas. She seemed to like this one more than the others, as its unique design appealed to her. It was a simple egg shape with leafless branches struck into its surface. It was like a tree carefully surrounding a large seed, keeping it safe within its bough. How odd, thought Chellen, for plants didn't pass along their seeds this way. Not any plants that she knew of, anyway. Then again, growing up in the city that forgot to stay clean didn't really afford much exposure to a varied assortment of trees. So who knew? Chellen shrugged, so enamored by the mysterious design of the thing that she almost forgot about what she came here to do, what she had to say to bring. With the locket delicately held in her fingers, it was as if she could somehow feel the time locked within it, seeing how it was very old and it survived to this point. Chellen wondered what secret lives it must have held with. It was possessed by its previous owners, tarnished, scoured, but still elegant and still intact. The locket opened in her fingers effortlessly, spilling out granules of something that had deteriorated within it 
something that had once been special, a picture, a note, maybe something else. She couldn't guess as she watched the bits of it escape and fall out into the world, scattering like sand as she closely breathed upon it heavily. That one there, announced Bree cheerfully, that one's yours. You can have it. Chellen's heart began to warm as she looked up from the piece of jewelry and into Bree's eyes. There she found the girl's genuine honesty and longing for companionship. The locket was her gesture to that effect. It was something that she could understand. After all, Chellen hadn't had much in the way of friends either, and it wasn't often that someone gave her something. Well, not something such as the locket, anyway. But the fact of the matter was that Chellen had come here to do a thing. And that thing was the let Bree down, because she just couldn't afford to have any more friends. Locket or no locket, and no matter how much she liked Bree, she was basically risking everything over the only secret special friend she had in Blix now anyway. So why make it worse by adding another? No, I couldn't accept it, she told Bree flatly, quickly dropping the locket back down to the canvas like it was junk and twisting her hands away as if she was over it. The younger girl's face was filled with confusion and pain just then. She squinted her eyes and furrowed her brow and gritted her teeth. But why? she asked back. I thought we were friends. And this is a gift between friends. I know you did, Bree, but we just can't actually be friends. Chellen had wanted to launch into a lengthy explanation, but Bree cut her off, stammering in frustration. We have to be friends, the younger girl announced. Because you're great, Chellen, and you helped me, and also because you're great. You said great twice, Chellen pointed out. I know, Bree explained it away with excuses to cover the fervor and excitement that clouded her ability to think. It was on purpose. You're double great, okay? Listen to me, Bree, started Chellen with a new serious tone, because she needed to start this over, because this was really it. This was really, really it. And whether or not it was the best time to break the bad news was irrelevant. This was the moment that just had to pass, and then it would be over. We can't be friends. I'm sorry, it's not allowed. There, she had said it, with seriousness and a little bit of frustration. I'm sorry, she said again. There was more silence just in that moment, as she waited to see how Bree would react. It was something that she had needed to say, and it came out all messy, because she practically just blurted it out, teeth, tongue, and all. Still, Bree just looked confused by what she had just heard. Her eyes were immovable and the steadfast behind the giant gold-colored frames of her glasses. Her lips twisted into a perplexed expression, and her nostrils twitched like the younger girl was about to sneeze. 
Then, after the silence between them threatened to stretch on forever, the younger girl finally answered. But why? she asked. But why? she asked again. We just can't, okay? I'm a Rom, and it's not right. It's not allowed. Chellen couldn't hide her frustration at this point. Bree's refusal to accept things as it were was beginning to grate on Chellen's nerves. Why was she being such a baby about it? Why can't she just accept things as they have to be? Thought Chellen. Her head began to hurt. But you're my champion, Chellen. We just gotta be friends. Bree's face was crinkled. The skin around her eyes and mouth began to soften and tremble as small tears leapt down the sides of her large cheeks. We just gotta be. We just gotta be. Bree whispered as she collapsed into the canvas of the old banner, whimpering in an effort to stifle the oncoming tears that poured out anyway. That's when Chellen better understood Bree's situation. Why was she acting like a child? Because she basically was one. Bree was younger than everyone else at school and she had nobody. Chellen knew how difficult that was for a teenager like herself, but... It must be even more devastating for someone as young as Bree. You don't understand, started Chellen more softly. As a Rom, as a Rom kid, there are rules and traditions that define who I am. Who cares if you're a Rom? Who cares? Bree interrupted her again by shouting the last part. The words, who cares, echoed all around them like there were five other Bree's calling out to one another somewhere else in the hole of the old abandoned building. I care, Bree. Tellen sat down next to the younger girl and crisscrossed her legs. These rules are who I am. If you've been enjoying Distinct Poplar, we would love to hear about it. Please consider rating and reviewing us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you found our stories. Positive reviews go a long way to helping us find new listeners, and we truly appreciate it. You've been listening to Series 1, Episode 15, Pool. Written and narrated by Matt Herzberg and copyright Wednesday, August 29th, 2018. The music for this episode is by Chris Zabriskie. For more information, check the show notes in the episode description. For more stories like this one, as well as ebooks and more information about the city that forgot to stay clean, check us out online at www.distinctpoplar.com or through our social media. Just search for Distinct Poplar on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Stop by. Say hello. Hello.